Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Yes, Father. Why don't you just close your eyes if you're just in a moment of worship for the Lord. Oh, we thank you for that truth, Lord. We just want to proclaim that. I just want to say right now to wherever you're at, you're his favorite right now. God can do that. You know, he can have favorites. It's all of us. For you are accepted in Jesus, in the beloved. He knows your very situation this morning. He knows what's happened this week. He actually knows what's going to happen this week. But right in this moment, he wants you to know he loves you and his eyes are for you. His eyes are on you and his presence is with you. Oh, Lord, we're just so thankful this morning that we don't come to celebrate a religion or some rules or something dead, but we come to celebrate Jesus, risen from the grave. Thank you so much, Lord, for your presence here this morning. We don't want to get in the way of what you're doing this morning, Father, so continue to have your way. Continue to move in our hearts. We open our hearts to you, Lord. In this attitude of worship and prayer, Father, we want to pray for Ukraine. We want to pray for the horrible things that are going on in the world. So it brings into perspective some of the things that occupies our thoughts and our life. And we just pray for them as, as people are praying, as countries are praying. We too, Lord, pray. Father, would you protect? Lord, would you put an end to evil, an end to, to needless death, an end to needless violence? Father, would you step in and protect the vulnerable? pray for your hand to do a supernatural work there in hearts and governments. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for them in the name of Jesus. We pray for this service right now, Lord, that it would not just be a regular Sunday sermon, but right now a word from God into our hearts and lives. Are you ready to receive it? Say amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Please be seated. It's wonderful to be with you and I'm excited about a burning word on my heart this morning. But before I go there, just a little bit of housekeeping. I hope you, if you're uh, looking forward to the welcome brunch like I am, if you're coming over just over where the kids' church is at 11 o'clock for some welcome brunch. I walked through there before coming and just the smell of the food is enough for me to get excited and maybe preach a little quicker it's going to be good and we just love to connect with us evening there's going to be a lot of our ministry leaders department leaders there and they're just going to give a brief overview should be all wrapped up within uh, 40 to 50 minutes or so uh, but some some food and to hear about who we are and what your next step could be and in the life of our church so really looking forward to that and on that you would notice that uh, as has been mentioned the the next step area the lounge there something we're initiating just because to, to, to just put it really simply I, I don't want it to be complicated for people to find their next step with Jesus. Amen. It's want it to be a, a very uncomplicated process here at Kalamunda of what it looks like to find out what your next step looks like. And so that's what that area that is designed out there for, for that specific purpose. It's a designated place and space to be able to go to and either a couple of things, find resources. You might just see resources there about our church, about our ministries. But also you might find a person there. We will start to roster people on or our welcome team and, and just people that are around. But you know what? More than that, if you call Kalamunda home 
and you know at least who a couple of people are, feel free to use that space and take a friend over or be that person to say, oh, are you interested in youth ministry? Well, you need to talk to, to Tim and James or are you interested in connect groups? Come on, talk to Brad because there's some stuff happening in that space soon and, and just use that space as your, your lounge. Uh, we should be we, hospitable. That's the thing. We want to be hospitable to new people that are coming to, uh, uh, and to, so that they really feel a part of things. Does that make sense? Good, good. I'm looking forward to how that can be used well because we are passionate about connecting people. And that's why, as uh, Chris mentioned, if you fill out a Connect card, you'll get our regular emails each week. And that's really the best way for us to be able to communicate um, information and especially important information to you if you are reading them emails. If you're like me, I don't know what it is with my email inbox, but a lot of stuff just goes to junk. And so I have to regularly check my junk and say, hey, that's from Calamunda Church of Christ. That should, that should be on the gold plate. That should be right up at the top. So I have to move it over. But maybe if you're not getting the emails, you're like, what's going on there? Either check your junk or come and see us and we can try to make sure because if you have getting them, been getting them, you would have realized something. I just want to read uh, this week that we've been very busy uh, behind the scenes in light of the borders opening up um, with updates that have come through COCWA, which is Churches of Christ Western Australia, um, and the government, um, just about where places of worship stand. And we want to make sure that we are uh, aware of what's going on, that we're now uh, under the two square metre rule. Um, and besides that, we just continue to sign in and we continue to wear masks in indoor spaces unless someone is exempt from doing so. And so we just outlined some stuff in that email. I want you to know our heart's desire um, as, a, as a leadership is to be really 100% inclusive, but also to be within the guidelines of mandates as they stand. And as Chris mentioned, we're live streaming to the balcony. Um, and I think that's wonderful. But more than that, um, you know, people that for their own reasons aren't wearing a mask to be on the balcony to be a part of our church. We don't want that to hold them back. And so I think that's great live streaming there. There will also be people um, that have legal mask exemptions in our church. And we are aware of that. Part of the advice we receive through Quokwa and through getting legal advice. And by the way, if you're on the ops team here, our operations team, if you're, or if you're an elder, can you just do me a favor and just stand up really quick? I don't mean to embarrass you, but if you're an elder on our operations team, can I just say thank you? Can we put our hands together for these teams that serve? Thank you. And you can be seated. Again, I'm not wanting to embarrass you, but I'm just really appreciative, appreciative of the people around us as staff who have really worked hard this week and been able to find out what we need to find out um, from legal, legal perspectives and things like that. Because, again, it's, it can be a difficult space. But there are people with legal mask exemptions who don't need to wear a mask indoors. And... A part of the advice was to have a designated person or people that they can go to who are on staff. And I never signed up to be a mask policeman, I tell you that much. Uh, the only person that really likes wearing masks uh, are robbers. And, um, but myself and Tim Phipps, Pastor Tim, um, we, we are the designated people. We're on staff. So if you have a legal mask exemption, we, we have no right to ask about your medical personal private history but it would be helpful if you let us know so that what that means is not everyone has to ask you and the scrutiny and that sort of thing so that we can just get back to the main thing amen um it's occupied so much oxygen get back to the main thing of what we're all about but but understand that this is an important leadership thing that we've been working hard to be uh, communicative uh, incorporating and trying to find the heart of jesus in there i hope that makes sense i'd really appreciate your grace in this space um and just urge us all to keep the main thing 
the main thing. And hey, uh, this, uh, we've got to be innovative. We've got to be visionary. We've got to be on the solution side. Imagine if other people that maybe for, for, for reasons their churches don't have a balcony, don't have access to online, don't have anything. They, they could come and sit on the balcony and actually be a part of a church where they can. And I'm not talking about sheep stealing. I'm just talking about for this season that we're in, that the body of Christ can be united, not around mandates, but around the one mandate to follow Jesus, to make his name known and to preach the gospel. That's the mandate I'm consumed with right now. And I just hate distractions. Amen? And we all do. So that's what we're about. So with that in mind, let's get into the Word of God. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for your awesome keys. Are you ready? I'm going to preach this morning on this subject of our new song. So we're moving into a series next week and things will start to go into a series leading up to Easter called uh, Promises That Are Greater Than Pandemics. And that's going to be great. But I, I just love this new song that was released and we sung today called Fresh Wind. And so I'm actually going to speak into this song. I think it's a powerful thing because I, I certainly get a lot out of this. And the start of the song says this, Spirit, sound, rushing wind fire of God fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. For top of the class points, what, does that, what scripture does that remind you of in the Bible? Acts 2, thank you, top of the class. Acts chapter 2. It reminds us, doesn't it, of Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And I want to read from Acts chapter 2, verses uh, I'm going to jump a couple of verses, but we're going to start there this morning. So if you've got your devices, your tablets, your phones, or the old-fashioned papers, here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Notice that, they were all in one place, but more than being just together, they were in unity. Unity is not uniformity. To be together, you can be on a balcony or you can be inside and still be in unity. You can have different views to me on a whole lot of things and still be in unity. Because unity is not sameness, unity is oneness. That we are united around one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one. It's a oneness and that's what Jesus prayed for us. And they were together, but more than just being in a room together, they were united in heart. And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice this, this unity, this place of unity uh, and this place of prayer was what preceded the birthday of the church. Who knows that real unity and prayer precedes revival? It really does positions us for revival. So on Tuesday night, when we go as a, as a church, we have our monthly prayer night at 7.30 p.m. up at the Kalamunda City and at the library there. And just for uh, nearly an hour's time from 7.30, we go out into the streets and simply to pray blessing. To, cause, and we're going to do that this, this month is because we were thinking of having something here or doing something like we did last time at Tim Peters Place, and that was wonderful. But we want to get our eyes on the mission. We want to actually physically see why we exist as a church. We don't exist for your, our membership. We exist for the non-members. We're the only organization, by the way, on the planet that does that. We exist for the community. And with a question we need to ask ourselves, if Kalamunda Church of Christ was picked up and taken out of the community, would they notice? 
What would the difference be? And that's a great challenging question. And that's why we want to be out there walking and praying for businesses and just praying for communities and saying, Lord, we want to see a harvest this year. And this is the harvest field and it's ripe and we need laborers. Raise up some laborers or we're praying over that. So come and join us. It's a wonderful time to get into groups and go around and, and pray and come back and pray together and see what God lays on your heart. It says here in verse, jumping down in Acts to verse 32, see what happened is Peter then started a sermon. And in his sermon, he, he lands on a really good point, a great point. He lands on Jesus. Who knows every sermon should land on Jesus. And he gets there in verse 32, he says this, This Jesus, he starts preaching to the crowds, God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Catch this. He poured out this which you now see and hear. What did they see? They saw, the the 120, they saw people who hadn't learned to speak in other tongues, preaching the gospel in the native language of all the different people that had come at that time. And they were receiving Jesus. Because who knows Jesus is relevant? He'll meet you in your language. He'll meet you where you're at. He'll be real to you where you're at. You don't have to try and shape up, ship up, don't have to try and get into some cookie-cutter Christian box. But God is passionate about meeting you in a relevant way. And so they're speaking into their tongues and people are listening and then Peter goes to land it on Jesus. In verse 34, he said, For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, by the way, both Lord and Christ. Who knows he was there for all our sin, amen? Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the fresh fire, the new fire, the fresh wind, the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is to you, and to your children and your children's children, amen. It's to you and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. That's us today. We have the same promise to receive the fresh power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Save from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. The day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church, 3,000 people coming to know Jesus who were all very, very diverse, but found a unity in Christ, but found a unity in Jesus. The actual term Pentecost comes... um, from, I'm not going to pronounce the Greek term, but it is meaning 50th. It refers to the Jewish festival celebrated on the 50th day after first fruits. A bit like what I was talking about last week. Can you fight for your harvest? There were some people there that were fighting for their harvest and the first fruits were there. So they would celebrate this first fruits of the harvest. But what they're seeing on the day of Pentecost was the first fruits, the 3,000, the spiritual harvest. I find it interesting that Thousands of years back when Moses went up the mountain to get 
the tablets, the Ten Commandments, and he come back down with the law. He come, and that day, because of the idolatry, 3,000 people died. Because who knows, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. If you just try and live by the law, you try and measure, oh, I can do it on my own, you'll just burn yourself out. You cannot do this thing. You need the Holy Spirit. So 3,000 died when the, ten, the law came down, but when the Spirit came down, 3,000 were saved because the Spirit gives life. And that's the only way to do the Christian life, by the way, is not by obeying the law, because the law was just there to show us that we can't do it. We can't never measure up. I break the Ten Commandments before I get out of bed in the morning. Not really, but it feels like it sometimes. But you know what? It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that empowers me, empowers you to live not sinless, but probably sinning less and actually being sanctified to become more like Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. What I want to say this morning is there will probably, not probably, there will never be another day of Pentecost like there was 2,000 years ago in that context where we pause out his spirit the church is born ushered in this 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 new time where god doesn't want to be in a temple made by human hands but wants to you to be his temple we are now therefore the temple of the holy spirit no you're not your body is that that we are his he lives in us and that that was a special time but i want to submit to us this morning that i think sometimes from time to time we need a personal pentecost in our life a personal pentecost uh, not just the one software I've got warm and fuzzies in worship and felt like God is with me, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit afresh in our life. And actually, when this song was written, if you look at some of the, I did a bit of research behind when they wrote it, coming out of the pandemic and the first time and all the stuff and everything that was going on there, part of it was just, we need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. And we go through times where you need that freshness. Who loves it when it's a stinking hot day and suddenly the Frio doctor comes in? We need that kind of physician spiritually sometimes where the fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit refreshes you, restores you, fills you, overflows from you. And this morning as we sing that song, that's what I'm praying. I'm not sort of praying, God, do, all, do the whole thing again. I know you've poured your spirit out, but help me to receive that fresh wind this morning. Help me, Lord, to receive the fresh power. Does that make sense? Of the Holy Spirit, we need it. It, it. it makes all the difference. We sometimes need to get to a place like on the day of Pentecost where, we, where things cut us to the heart and we say, Lord, what should we do? They were cut to the heart. They were so, so burdened by their sin, so burdened by their need for God, so burdened by the fact that this isn't God's best for their life and it cut them to the heart. They said, what shall we do we need god's fire i love that i love that part fire of god fall within i don't know if anybody knows where that is but it's actually a photo of a place called yosemite uh, national park and uh, years ago actually quite a few years ago they started a thing at that park called the firefall uh, it was about 1872 and it continued on for almost a century and what would happen is at that park when uh, once a year in the summer they would actually get bulldozers and they would load up all of the broken down trees, all the dead wood, all the stuff the lightning had hit and, and had knocked over trees and they, they'd, they'd spend time getting it all together and they'd, they'd build this massive huge bonfire type of thing, like huge on top of a cliff face there and, and what would happen is people knew it was happening so all these people would come out 
uh, to what was known as the firefall. They'd get their families there, it would get to about sun, sun going down, the beautiful time of day, and they'd have a saying, they'd say, one, two, three, let the fire fall. And then they would pour diesel and every, or whatever all over the fuel, all over the bonfire and light it up and then boom, this, they'd start pushing it off. And all you could see was this amazing avalanche of just this uh, fiery, um, all, all the fire coming over this granite, beautiful rock and it would just be this awesome spectacle that everyone loved to come and see when the fire would fall. And uh, years later, one of the people that was visiting, because it would get a lot of tourists, came and he was ready to come and see the fire fall. And so he saw the ranger and he said, when does the fire fall? And the ranger sadly said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, the, the fire doesn't fall around here anymore. We don't do it anymore. And you know, sadly, that could be said of some ministries, that could be said of some of our lives, that could be said of some churches, that could be said of some, a lot of things where once where the fire fell, once where it was strong, once where it burnt away sin, once where it, conviction was okay to be convicted with your sin and repentance was a normal thing, once when the heart was soft and you just wanted God more than yourself, but no, the fire doesn't fall around here anymore. I don't know about you, but I want to be a place and a person where I say, God, let the fire fall. Let the fresh wind blow. Let your Holy Spirit come and have your way in my life. So what started as intense passion can sometimes become where the Word of God dries up in our life. Worship becomes a routine. Sharing Jesus is a duty avoided. Giving is reluctant. Devotion is more to myself than God. And then the fire just doesn't seem to fall in that place. Because, you know, the thing about the fire is God will always light a fire on an altar. You can't set yourself on fire, but you can certainly build an altar. You can certainly give a life. Romans 12 says the New Testament way, we're not meant to earn this sort of thing, but it says just present your bodies to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, not, not, you know, not conforming to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That's what I want. Give, give your life to God, and that's where the fire will fall. Paul said it to Timothy this way in 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, God starts fires in hearts of believers. In Leviticus 6, there's this interesting passage about Leviticus. I'll preach it to you sometime. We'll get into Leviticus, the whole series. We'll see how many people come along for that one. But it's actually a powerful thing in there where it talks about the thing called the burnt offering. And God required them to set up the burnt offering. And they, all they would do is set it up but God lit the fire. He started it, but then he said, I've got a condition with the burnt offering, which represented their devotion and worship to God. Catch this. Represented their devotion and worship to God. And God said, don't ever let this fire go out. But you need people that will man it day and night. You need to remove ash every day. You need to put fresh wood on the fire. He said, that's the kind of devotion I'm looking for. I will start it in your heart, but you've got to maintain it in your life. You've got to move the ash of sin. You've got to move the ash of the stuff that's holding you back. You've got to move the ash of the division. You've got to move the ash of whatever it is that's holding you back and say, Lord, not in my own strength, of course, but I want the fire to fall, so I'm just surrendering to you. And that fire would never, ever go out. Jeremiah put it this way. He says, your word is like a fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah's God's word was like fire for him. The disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, when they heard Jesus uh, came along and talked to them and they didn't know, they said, did not our hearts burn within us? 
They said, just talking to Jesus gets my heart going on fire. Just getting into his word starts something in me that says, you know what? I think the best is yet to come in my life, amen? I think the best is yet to come for Kalamunda. I think there's a harvest beyond any hurdle that we're going through right now that is better than we could ever believe. And sometimes it starts with a fire in our hearts, but sometimes our hearts can get calloused, can get hard, can get impenetrable. There's another story about in California where the great, have you heard of the great redwood trees? They're massive trees, aren't they? Great, huge, famous trees. And years ago, there was a problem with these trees when they were nearly becoming extinct. So what happened was rangers were so careful to put out fires when lightning would strike, they would quickly be onto the fires around a certain area where they would grow in California, a certain area there. They had modern technology that could spot fires very quickly and get to spot fires and get them out very quickly. And uh, so what actually happened was there was not enough fire, there was not enough heat year round to burn the crustacean off the seeds of the new redwoods. These trees and seeds would not germinate. Therefore, there was a, the, the, um, the, the risk of not having a new generation of redwoods springing up. See, before the rangers had all the modern technology to put the fires out, what would happen is the lightning would strike, the fire would burn and burn and burn and get so hot that the seeds that had fallen, the fire would get so hot it would burn the crustacean off the seeds and the callousness off the hardness of them seeds. They'd be burned off and then they could germinate and a new crop of redwoods would come up. But they had a lot of new technology and they started putting the fires out. And sometimes with our new technology, just because we've got good programs, just because we've got everything that we've got the world now and we've got the web, nothing actually beats the old-fashioned fire of God in your life. Nothing can beat that. Nothing can make up for that. Sometimes we just need that time where we stop and lay hands on people from 1.5 metres away and pray for them in Jesus' name, be healed today. You know, we are at risk as a church all the time if we're not receiving the fire of God and maintaining it, that the next generation would become so hard-hearted because they never experienced it. They're so hard-hearted and they've got the hardness around their life and the, the shell of their heart. Why? Because the fire doesn't fall anymore and they're not getting exposed to something that'll melt it off. But if we are going to be a people that say, God, let your Holy Spirit fire burn in me, do whatever it takes, then the next generation are going to see that and they're going to, things are going to melt off their life. The fire of God has a way of melting off addictions, a way of melting off pride, a way of melting off distraction, it has a way of getting you back to focus on the main thing in life. When you've got the fire of God in your heart, it's hard to get distracted. I hope that's making sense. I want things to germinate in the future, amen? We don't want the hardness to get on our hearts. We want the generation and their children and their children. I know for me personally in my life, everything changed. Everything changed when I said, God, and like that song we're singing, and I prayed the prayers about a 19-year-old, God, I need your Holy Spirit. I need you to come and fill my life. I don't know what it looks like, but I know this. I'm yearning and I'm hungry for more. That's often all it takes for God. You know, Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, let him come. God does require a spiritual thirst in our lives. And if you don't have that, if you pray for it, he'll give it to you. A spiritual hunger. Blessed are the, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. We need a hunger 
and a thirst. And when I did that, everything, and I mean not just little things, everything in my life started to change. I didn't become perfect, but I suddenly realized I'm responsible to maintain the flame of God in my life. I'm responsible to maintain it. Proverbs 26.20 says this. It's, really, it's not on the screen, but it's really powerful. If you don't listen carefully, you will miss the profound, profound truth. Are you ready? It says, without wood, a fire goes out. Whoa. Far out, profound, I know, this is deep and you know, you can tell people, I heard some deep preaching from Brad this morning, stuff that will just, your Hebrew would go around and anyway, but without wood, a fire goes out, the question is, we've we've got to put on the wood and we've got to put on the wood, we've got to be doing that, we've got to be filling up with the things that maintain the flame. I remember when I, I think this is my last scripture, when I really had this encounter, I went to this verse because I wanted to see what's happening to me, whether it lines up with Scripture. Because who knows, just a quick little side note, we never let experience determine theology. We let, I let theology, what I believe, what the Word says, determine my experience. So I have people say, gee, you, you're praying in an unknown tongue, you're praying with a different language. I'm like, yeah, it sounds weird, doesn't it? And I've got to check this out. Is it, is it biblical? Because if it's an experience, and I checked it out, and it is. And, they, they, and I check this stuff out, and I don't know about you, but I do that with the Word of God. I want to know that my experience lines up with what God said. And then when I read it in God's Word, and I don't see it happening in my life, I'm just challenged to go, wow, that's something to look forward to. This is, this is God's will for my life. And I read this scripture, it says this, Ephesians 5 verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which, is dis- or which will ruin your life, another translation says, but be filled with the Spirit. And then I studied this verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. And what it actually means in the Greek there, what it means is it's a verb to continually keep on being filled with the Spirit. Does that make sense? It's a bit like a drunk person, which is the contrast, needs to keep on drinking to stay drunk. I don't know why I'm talking like this now. It's really weird. But they've got to... Like you've got to keep on drinking to stay under the influence. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. It's not like you sort of get up and you get up in the morning and you get out of bed and you're like, I'm empty. I haven't been filled. It's not like that. He's in you. He possesses you. He came and took up residence when you got saved. The question is not does, um, do you have him, does he have you? Are you under his influence? Are your choices, your words, your actions being under the powerful influence of the Holy Spirit that someone would look at you and say, in the Spirit, you're drunk as a skunk because like, you are just doing things that Jesus would do. You're loving people like he would love them. Man, you're, not, you're under a different influence. That's what it's saying. And so when I pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, fill me, I'm saying, can I come under you? I need to be under your influence. Would you change this mind, renew my mind? He fills me when I read the word. He fills me when I worship. He, he fills me when I'm just praying in the car. He fills me when he's with me all the time, but I want to come under his influence like somebody on a ses- Sunday session. Amen? Continually. We're going to, um, I haven't ran this by the ops team. I'm not sure how much it'll cost, but we're going to put a spiritual breathalyzer at the uh, <laughs> foyer just on the way out. And just so that you know you blow over when you go. Oh, we're live streaming. I should have thought about this. 
We're not live streaming, but we're recording, so that's okay. Um, but we want to come under the influence of God. We're not really doing that, by the way. So just uh, let me give you a couple of things out of this verse to finish on. Um, number one, when we come under His influence and, and when we embrace fresh wind, I keep thinking fresh fire because I'm focusing on fire, but fresh wind, we have a fresh boldness. You know, that is the truth. The Holy Spirit will make you bold. Have you ever been around somebody who is drunk and they just have a, a way of doing things and saying things where you're like, I don't think you would normally do that. There's a thing called Dutch courage going on here. But what God offers is spiritual courage, boldness. Let you, this scripture that says in Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is after Pentecost. This is after, the, this is, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. There was a boldness about them. There was a boldness. And something happened to my life when I suddenly wasn't so timid anymore, didn't care what everyone thought about me, not in an arrogant way, but in a way where I just really care what God thinks about me. And guess what? When I stand before God, no one can hold, he will be holding my hand. Really, the only person that matters is what they think about me when I stand before God, when that will happen to all of us one day, is what he thinks. <laughs> and I really want to focus on his thoughts right now. So I wonder for us, how bold are we? I've got a friend, and um, yeah, we'll tell it. He, he's a, fan, a friend, years ago this year, so no one knows him, it's all good, but he's a shearing friend. And uh, it was the end of a shearing week, and uh, he went into the into the pub to have a couple of drinks and he's in there with his shearers, shearing dungers we call them on you know you've still got the sheep snot down the side you've got a bit of blood over here like you stink it's so it's not the most attractive thing but you're in there and you're and having a having a drink and, and it was um at this place where at a certain time on a friday night um different types of barmaids would show up barmaids not wearing much and uh, seriously and so they, that, that was happening at about seven o'clock and he suddenly thought you know what he had a bit of an uncomfortableness about being in the pub with waitresses not wearing much at all and as a Christian man and he thought I probably should go but then he said to me Brad something just gripped me like the Holy Spirit grabbed me for a minute I said yeah what did you do I'm like really into listening now what did you do he's like I got up and I stood on the bar I'm like yeah <laughs> and he said because it was packed by this time mainly all, all fellas everywhere and he said I just looked at them all and they, a lot of them knew him and I just said, guys, I want to have a chat to you tonight about my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about purity. And I want to talk about integrity. And, uh, and he starts going on like this. And I'm like, what happened next? And he goes, well, they grabbed me. They pulled me down and just kind of escorted me out of the pub. True story. I said, what happened next? He said, you wouldn't believe it. I was getting ready to go. And the lady that was behind the bar was going out the back of the pub. And I saw her going to her car. So I ran over and I said, oh, look, I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. And, and she just, with tears in her eyes, thanked him for what he did. She says, I can't work tonight. I'm not going to hang around. She said, why did you do what you did? And he said, look, I'm a, I'm a Christian man. And I just felt the Holy Spirit, the God wanted me to make a stand. And she says, well, I just want to say thank you. And there's actually a church up the road from me that I'm going to think I'm going to start going to. And he was able to pray for her. I get teary thinking, he had to pray for her. And he said to me, Brad, as I was standing on the bar, he said, everything in me was shaking. But as I looked down, I was so strong in my legs because the Holy Spirit gives boldness. Come on, Peter, before he had the Holy Spirit power, he was timid and denied even knowing Jesus to a 
servant woman to after the Holy Spirit gets up and preaches powerfully, he will give you boldness. Amen? Secondly, he will change the way we speak, our speech. You know, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that when they were speaking in other tongues, they came around, everyone thought they were drunk. But they said, look, it's interesting, isn't it? See the, see the parallels in Scripture? Don't be drunk on wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Day of Pentecost, speaking in tongues, preaching the gospel. Oh, we think they're drunk. And they says, no, it's only nine in the morning. It must be shift workers. Not really. They thought they were drunk. And I tell you what, there was something different about the way they speak. And there should be something different about the way we speak when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of our life. And can I just, a couple of things. We want to speak life and not death. That's why I love that song, The Blessing. And the music, I just want to come back up now. I'm going to finish with this in a moment. If that, that song, The Blessing, it's, we're speaking life. It's not just a song. You're proclaiming, you're prophesying, you're saying, and you're God's blessing and favor to my children and their children and their children. I am here today because of a mum and because of other people in my life that prayed for Brad. When he was going through the darkest times, I'm here because they were praying and prophesying. We need to be that sort of a people that believe and pray and speak life. Speak it. When someone is drunk, they often say, oh, now you're telling the truth. <laughs> That's what I used to say anyway. So I'm sharing all my history here. I have a PhD, by the way. Prior history of drunkenness. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, um, and they do. They change the way they speak. It changes you. You have more of a boldness in your speech and lastly it changes the way we walk have you ever seen somebody drunk they will stagger through they'll walk differently but the bible says when you're filled with the spirit this is what it looks like we walk by faith and not by sight the opposite to faith isn't necessarily fear it is sight it is seeing the whole road but true faith doesn't need to see true faith is not blind faith true faith is grounded in the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Hebrews 11.1. And when we walk by faith and not by sight, you know, we really need to take hold of this in this next season that we're in. We're walking by faith. Things change very quickly and things are changing very quickly around us. And we need to be able to move with the Holy Spirit. But can I finish with this last point? There's one way I want us to walk and I want to walk. There's one way to walk when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that is to walk in love. Walk in love. To walk in love. And that is the most powerful walk the Holy Spirit will give us. When somebody comes with that opposite spirit, we come with love. We speak unity. We speak peace. We speak the love and the life of God. We're going to have a moment of ministry time now from this 1.5 meter distance. <laughs> but no, I'd love to lay hands on everybody and have a time of praying and there will be times for that. That'll be great to do and to have that. But I want to pray for some people here that are bold enough to say, you know what? I just want to receive, I want to respond to this, this message this morning. The Bible says in our passage, in our text, to repent and turn to God. And that word repent, you know, it's a very Christian word, church word, but it simply means to turn around. It simply actually really means to change the way you think, which will then produce changing the way you live. I remember we were driving down south years ago, me and Sky, and, um, and we're driving down south to go to this destination back in the day when you had a thing called a road map. 
it was like it was a booklet form and we had a road map <laughs> under our seat and we're driving down to this place and I was driving and I was taking a shortcut that seemed to be taking longer and so Sky said to me do you know where you're going and I said yes I always know where I'm going I am never don't even say the L word and so we're driving and we know where I'm going and it got that bad that the shortcut was taking forever and she says, you don't know where you're going. You're lost, aren't you? And so I said, yeah. So she pulls out the road book and pulls out the map. And this is where we are. And she's like, you know, for us to get to where we need to go, you're actually going to have to do a U-turn. And I'm like, oh, great. And, you know, pride can get in the way. You know, my, my ego can get in the way. I don't, I don't want to be seen to be wrong. Now, I've really, I've got to turn this car around and go the other way. That's repentance. When you realize your direction is failing, your direction is not going to work. Your direction is just that. It's your direction. And God's saying, turn to me, turn from sin, turn to the Savior and follow me. And it often takes a radical repentance. And you know what happens then? For all of our Christian journey, there are times where we need to repent. We need to say, you know what, this is wrong, I'm turning. How I've been treating this person is wrong, I'm turning. How I've been thinking about this situation is wrong, I'm turning. And every time the book, the Word of God, the roadmap shows you which way to go and you see it and you're convicted, we turn to God. And so in an attitude of prayer and worship, maybe there's something in your life today you need to turn from and say, God, I'm repenting of that. I don't know what it looks like, but would you, would you stand with me? And as we stand in a moment of prayer, all standing in God's presence, would you close your eyes and bow your heads if you're comfortable to do so, just to be, just out of respect for God and others around you. I just want this to be a moment between you and the Lord. You know, we can do nothing without Him. My words are nothing without the power of God behind them. It's not me. It's God who you need to meet with. It's God who changes people. So, Father, I'm just praying now, even in my own heart, Lord, Holy Spirit, reveal things we need to repent and turn from. Holy Spirit, give us the grace and ability to do so to change directions. To not go our own way that leads to death, but to go to your way that leads to life and peace. Father, even as a church, if there's things that we just need to turn from, Lord, we just turn this morning to you, corporately, individually. Would you do your good work in us, Father, to, to go after you, Lord, that the fresh wind, I feel that in my heart right now, I feel to say this, that the fire and power of the Holy Spirit is not dependent on your obedience. It's simply your obedience that opens you up to see it and to, to actually access it. It just comes in. It's not that you need to work for it or earn it. But He is a Holy Spirit and He's attracted to holiness. He loves it. It's like a fire. He wants to come even in our unholy mess and just to say, receive the fresh fire, the fresh wind and watch me burn away the sin. Watch me burn away the things that are holding you back. Only He can do that. So I'm just going to wait right now in this moment of silence while we're praying. I just want you to pray to God however you feel led right now in your heart. Just go and pray to the Lord.
Father, as, as we repent and turn to you. You pour, you've poured your spirit out. We just receive today. We receive what you've poured out afresh in our lives. Father, I just speak a fresh boldness over our lives, over our words, over our walk. A fresh boldness for Jesus like never before. Just as we go into this next song, I just encourage you to continue to let God move in your heart and life. Maybe you need to turn to somebody close to you, a family member, and just say, you pray for me during this song, whatever it looks like. We want to be a place where we don't just come and celebrate like a club, but we are here sometimes to get serious with God. Because there's one thing's for sure, He's wanting to do a fresh thing in all of our lives. In Jesus' name.